Proof is the absolute standard by which reality is measured. Let me say it another way. Truth is God's view on any subject. God is a God of truth. The Bible says the Spirit of God is the Spirit of truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So God only functions in a realm of truth, whereas the evil one, our enemy, is the father of lies. And so the battle, the spiritual battle in which we are engaged is a battle between lies and the truth. So if you want to see victory in your spiritual life, you're going to have to start, not end, but start with God's view of a matter. Many times in our spiritual war, we get everybody else's view of a matter, including our own. And we may even have the facts, but you can have the facts and not know the truth. Jesus said in John 8, only the truth can set you free. You can have information, but not have the truth. And you can certainly have emotions, feelings, and not be responding to the truth. If you and I want to have spiritual victory in this spiritual war, that means we have to identify the issue, the subject at hand, the attack that we're experiencing, the evil day that seems to be coming against us. And then we're going to have to rush to find out what God says about that matter. Once it is determined what God says about the matter, his truth will inform the facts. When his truth informs the facts, then you'll know how to feel about it. And when you start operating on God's view of the matter, truthfully, because you're operating on the truth, you will begin to see the supernatural enter into the circumstances of your conflict and of your battle. So go to war with the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God, so that you can Free God up, if you will, make him comfortable to intervene into your circumstances with what he knows is the real deal. Our scope of knowledge is very limited. All we see is what we see. And if all we see is what we see, we really don't see all there is to be seen since it's an, a spiritual and invisible battle. Retreat to the truth and watch God use the truth to bring you victory. Somebody say amen. Man, we're so glad you guys are here tonight. And I love this series. I love what we're talking about because we're focusing on things that can be proven. It's called the truth. It, and it really matters what you believe about the truth. There's a lot of truth in the world um, that is just kind of passed on. And a lot of people believe things that they think is the truth but are not actually the truth, and therefore their lives are falling apart. <clears throat> I was, it, it really matters what you, lead, what you believe. I was reading a story about a guy that uh, I guess he was one of these conspiracy-type people, and he read a lot of stuff that maybe other people didn't read, but he got to reading stuff about the fact that maybe he was a chicken, and he read it and read it and got to believing he was a chicken. It messed up his marriage big time. His wife didn't know what to do with him. The wife took him to a psychiatrist said, Doc, he thinks he's a chicken. The psychiatrist said, tell him he's not a chicken. She said, no, but I need the eggs. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? 
You'd say, that's so ridiculous. That's about like some of the truth that we hear today. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6, he says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth. Say belt of truth. Buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. We're going to take this armor and we're going to go through it over several weeks. And we're going to focus on each one. And tonight we're going to talk about the belt of truth. And we're going to spend a few weeks on this because Pastor Blake's got some information for us about counterfeit truth that we want to do. And I'm going to touch on that just a little bit. But I want you to think about the fact that in order for us to be held together, it's important to have truth in our life. Without truth, you don't have stories like we heard tonight. Without truth, you don't have the uh, message that was preached from our worship team. I mean, everything they sang tonight was biblical. Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. You're the spirit of truth. He comes and gives us freedom. I'm no longer a slave of fear. Can you really say that tonight? If you have truth, you can say that. If you're not living up to the truth, then you are a slave of fear. There's really no other way, you know, there's really no other alternative. You're either in the truth or you're in falsehood. And when you're in the truth, you're free. What did Jesus say in John chapter 80? You'll know the truth and the truth will set you what? And he also said the truth will make you free. Almost a little bit of a different concept. But the idea is when you have the truth, you're free. When you do not have the truth, you're in bondage. And when you're in bondage, you live in fear. Fear is one of the greatest enemies, the, the, or one of the greatest tools the enemy has. And I want to just punch that tool over and over tonight. By way of review, last week we talked to you a little bit about uh, commands that conquer. We talked to you about the idea of the war that's at, at that's ongoing, and and if you haven't realized yet that there is spiritual warfare going on in the world, then you must not be walking with Christ. Because when you walk with Christ, you're going to discover that the enemy is very real. And he will do anything he can to get you to give up, go back, renounce your faith, and just go back to being a person sitting on the sidelines. Last week, I encouraged you to do three things. And by the way, we do have printed outlines. If you pick those up on the, uh, uh, the, the desk outside, I hope that you saw them. But we'll go through this review real quickly. The first thing that we talked to you last week was about the idea of power up. Power up. The Bible says be strong in the Lord. Now, the power doesn't come from us. It comes from the God who is bigger than us. You see, here's the truth. We don't fight to be strong. We believe in him, and we are strong. Amen. We are weak in our own flesh, but we are strong in Jesus. The second thing that we talked to you about was to put on. 
That means uh, we are to put on the full armor of God. There's something we have to do to be prepared. You cannot live your life in a passive way and win in a war. You will always lose that way because the enemy who has pretty much unlimited power as far as uh, not power but unlimited time because, you know, he's, he doesn't really sleep. He is constantly planning and moving and coming against us. Therefore, every day we have to get prepared. Put on. Because he is strong, we put on his strength. When you put on his armor, then you become strong. And the last thing was position yourself. Stand firm. Get your position right. Whatever Jesus has purchased in your life, stand firm. I'll, I will encourage Mr. Joey tonight. For one year, for one year now, you have positioned yourself. Stand firm. Satan will come in and say, but Joey, you've done really good, but a little indiscretion here is not going to hurt anybody. That is giving up ground. We do not give up ground. We do not go backwards. We move forward. We stand firm, and Jesus brings us to the next place of victory. Amen? And you cannot do this in your own power, but you can through him. And do you guys think it's God's will for us to stand firm? Of course it is. That's why he said it in his word. So tonight we want to talk to you about the idea of buckling up. And in this war, I think it's important, number one, to know your enemy. We need to know exactly who and what is against us. Our enemy has a purpose. Sometimes we get a bad idea about what the enemy is because we think the enemy is just some guy running around with a red jumpsuit and got a pitchfork and he's walking around scaring people at Halloween. That's not the enemy. And we know the enemy doesn't like us and he hates us and he'd love to drag us into hell and that's true. But you know the thing about Christianity is, is once you're a Christian, Satan doesn't have that power over you anymore. He has no ability to take you anywhere, but he will try to do something to your life. And, and you need to know what his plan is. Sometimes we think his plan is to just, you know, kind of make life difficult for us. That's one of his tools, but that's not what his purpose is. Satan's purpose is to stand against and frustrate the plans of God. You see, from the very beginning, there have been plans. God created angels. Satan decided, being an angel, that he didn't like God's plan, so he wanted to rebel. And so when he rebelled, he was, he was uh, cast out of heaven. And according to some theologians, took as much as one-third of the angels with him. And he was cast into the earth, and God made his counter move and said, I will create humans. And Satan says, okay, I will corrupt them too. On every level. Every time God made a move, Satan makes a counter move. But every time Satan makes a counter move, God outmoves him because God's more powerful than the devil. And it all culminated in the cross where Jesus made the final move and took all of your sins to the cross, took them to the grave, came forth again, victorious. We'll never be losers, ladies and gentlemen. But Satan wants you to believe wrong stuff. It, that's why it's so important that you don't think you're a chicken. You guys aren't never going to forget that, are you? And I, I come over that story totally innocent. I thought, God, that's what you're saying to me today. Don't be a chicken. <laughs> I mean, you know, when you believe wrong stuff, you live wrong ways. 
It's what you believe. Satan wants to frustrate the plans of God. Well, can he really do that? No, as long as you stand firm, he can't. As long as you don't quit, he can't. That's his purpose. What's his weapons? What does Satan use? You know what his main tool is? I called him a one-trick pony last week, and he didn't like it much. Because he just kind of does the same things over and over and over. You know what his tool is? Look what Jesus said about him in John 8. Jesus was talking to some people who was trying to withstand what he was doing. And they were couched in religious language. Ladies and gentlemen, a little side note. Don't be surprised if you're not resisted by people who use religious language. And don't be surprised if you're not withstood by people who claim to know more than you do. The Pharisees were such people. They were standing against Jesus on every turn. And every time Jesus said, go this way, they said, no, it's better to go that way. And they walked around looking for him to say something wrong and do something wrong and slip up so that they could criticize him. And Jesus wasn't very nice to them. Now, we're taught in American Christianity that we're supposed to be nice. Well, let's see what our leader did. Jesus looked at the Pharisees and said, you belong to your father, the devil. I guess Jesus didn't read the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Because he didn't get high on their list. He probably never did get a Christmas card from them after that. He said, you're of your father, the devil. Oh, my word, we couldn't talk like that today. Just try me. <laughs> and you want to carry out your father's desires. Hmm. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. Huh. When he lies... He speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. You want to know where the falsehood comes from? It comes from the enemy. Whenever you tell a lie, you are singing in the devil's choir. Oh, it's not serious. It's just a little lie. A little lie is a whole lie, and it's not coming from from God Almighty. You see, Satan wants to pollute the truth. He wants to add something to the truth. He wants to mix in something to the truth. It's like me and this glass of water, this bottle of water, and I got it out of the coffee shop, and it's, it's pure water. But if it had been sitting around here for a day or a week, sitting in one of these chairs, I promise you I wouldn't be drinking it tonight. Not because necessarily I think any of you guys threw something in there, but it's just the way we are, isn't it? And, you know, if you put something in there that was poisonous, it would be polluted. It would not be fit for consumption. You see, God gives us the truth, and he gives us the truth so that we can live. And believing the truth, we live. We have pure water to drink. But if the truth is polluted, we can't drink it. And if you drink polluted water, you're going to live a polluted life. And if you're living a polluted life, you're going to live in fear. Because you know things aren't right. Does that make sense? And his lies are personal. He comes to you, he speaks lies to you all the time. We hear them, don't we? What kind of lies would Satan say to us? 
We sang the truth a moment ago, and I love it when the Holy Spirit develops a message in a weekend because I didn't know the songs they were singing tonight, but I heard our worship team sing, I'm no longer a slave of fear. I am a child of God. Is that true? Okay. So now Satan says, you're singing that, but you need to be afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow. That is personal, and that is polluting the truth. I am a child of God, yet some of us hear things like, you know what? I don't mount to very much. We hear things that I'm not very much on the scale of zero to ten. I might be a two, or I might be a negative five. That is not the truth. Well, I'm not like someone else. God didn't create you to be like someone else. God created you to be you. Because God wanted you. If he wanted someone else, he'd have created more of them. You might say, but I'm just, I'm not talented. I'm not this. I'm not gifted. None of those things are true. Because in Jesus Christ, you have been gifted by his own Holy Spirit. People say, well, I'm just an addict. I can't get over that stuff. That is a lie from hell. It's polluted. And as long as you believe that, you're going to continue to live in that polluted lie. Well, I just can't stop my anger. I can't stop my violence. I can't stop my habits. I can't stop this. I'm, I'm just, this is the way I am. No, the way you are has been recreated by Jesus Christ. I am a child of God. You know what's funny to me? We're in a spiritual war and yet we never think about the idea of propaganda in a war. Have you ever studied that? I've done some reading about it, and I got interested in this some time ago when I heard the story of Louis Zamperini, who was an Olympic runner, and he was, uh, ended up going to war in World War II, and he Long story short, he got captured by the Japanese, and he had a commanding officer that was just completely cruel to him and just beat him mercilessly. If you've never seen or read the book called Unbroken, I recommend it. Louis Zamperini was a Christian, and he shows how he goes through those things. It's a great story, but one time in the prison camp, the officers from the other side came in and gave these guys some propaganda and said, you know what, your leader is dead. The whole purpose was to get them to believe something negative so that they would give up. Anybody ever heard of Tokyo Rose? Tokyo Rose was hired by the Japanese and to speak all over the Pacific and to talk in English to the American servicemen and tell them propaganda that you're losing and our guys are winning and your people at home are, are just forgetting about you. It's called propaganda. Ladies and gentlemen, the enemy says that stuff all the time. He tells you you're losing. That's not true. We've got to get back to living by the truth. If we're going to win at war, we've got to be able to separate propaganda from the truth. Point number two, first, we know our enemy. Secondly, we know the truth. Let me give you some things about the truth. First, we heard this from Dr. Evans a moment ago. It, the definition of truth is it's an objective standard 
by which reality is measured. It's an objective standard by which reality is measured. It certainly is not what is going on in the world today. Because if you get your truth from a screen, there's a good chance you're getting propaganda. And until you know the truth, you won't know the difference. You know what I see is so bad in our country right now? Is that millions of people have no idea what the truth really is. And you know what's funny right now? It seems like people believe that emotions are more reliable than objective truth. I hear people say, well, I feel this certain way. What has that got to do with it? It's like because you feel like something's right doesn't make it right. There needs to be and there is an objective standard. Let me give you a few thoughts about truth. First, truth is eternal. Truth is eternal. It is reality in its original norm. It's that which is real because it was real originally. When you discover truth, to discover truth, you always look for origin. Who created us? If God created us, then God is the originator of truth. So truth is whatever God says about the matter. Secondly, truth is objective. It's not influenced by feelings or opinions. Someone could say there's a new truth today. There is no new truth. Ladies and gentlemen, objective means that we don't make it up as we go, and we don't take a vote to decide what the truth is. You see, my, one of my mentors taught me a long time ago, he said you have to fight to make a lie stick but the truth just is. I have never forgotten that. Truth is also absolute. It's perfect and complete. The truth of God, God is the infinite fact checker. I could preach on that for a while. You ever heard that? Oh, independent fact checkers have discovered this. Independent of what? It's what you say about the matter How do you know you're getting the truth? Well, it's independent. Well, who told you it's independent? The same people that told you what you thought you believed is not the truth. We live in a crazy world. In fact, you know there's propaganda going on, and you know that there's an assault on the truth because right now in our country, there's a whole lot of people that's embracing the idea of censoring speech. Well, we're just going to shut down speech. Tell me how that makes sense. Well, what you're saying is not the truth. Okay, let it stand. You see, in our country, everyone has the right to say what they think. But I also have the right to debate you on your ideas. And you know what I know? The truth will stand. There's a lot of people that lie, and I don't want anybody shut down like that, but I do want the opportunity to speak to them. And when you take a good segment of the population and you just shut down their voices, you are stifling or trying to stifle the truth. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got brand new truths everywhere. Some of the brand new truths are there's 27 genders. Now, does anybody with half a brain believe that that's true? They're saying now that 
You don't have to have a baby. You can have a baby. You don't have to say what the gender is. Give them a chance to figure it out. A seven-year-old can figure out what they are. Hey, how about we just go back to the creator that said, in the beginning, God created them male and female. Oh, you're just not with it, Pastor Brian. You're so old-fashioned. Well, truth is eternal. Call me old, all right? But you know what? My life's not falling apart. I'm not trying to figure it out. And I'm going to teach my children and my church that what God says about a matter is true. So the independent, amen? So the independent fact checkers can just go fact check themselves as far as I'm concerned. I'm not sure how that came out. I didn't expect. Can we edit that, Michael? Thank you. Sometimes I get a little tongue-tied. Amen? <laughs> truth is that to which all things must conform. Another thing about truth is truth is unchanging. It's unchanging. It doesn't change. What was true a year ago is not true now. Uh, we have a math teacher here with us t tonight. Pretty much math is the same today as it was 10 years ago, right? Two plus two is not seven. I tried to make it that. I took a lot of tests and I argued with the teacher. I had my own truth and it didn't work. Truth is just truth. It doesn't change. Truth is as dependable as a rock for a foundation that you can live your life on. There's also some good intentions with truth. Let me, note, let me say this. The intention of truth is never to trap but to make free. Think about that. Lies always trap you. Truth sets you free. Does that make sense? So tonight, my encouragement to you is to buckle up. Paul uses the imagery of a soldier, and we've got him over there. He moves a lot. When I come into the church and start to open up and he was sitting on the, on the stage, no, he wasn't sitting, he was standing. If he's ever sitting, I'm leaving. <laughs> he was, and he's standing there. Every time I walk in, I think somebody's standing up there. But Paul uses that imagery about a soldier, and there's a few things you've got to accept about this, okay? Uh, are y'all Christians? You're at war. All right? Can you accept that or not? Oh, I don't want to be at war. I just want to live a nice life. Well, I, I don't know what to tell you. Are you a part of God's kingdom or not? It's God's kingdom. There is a dark kingdom that wants to stop that kingdom. Um, you can't lose. You might lose a battle now and then, but you can't ultimately lose because this kingdom's already won. Okay, so how do I win? You got to get dressed. You got to get dressed for success. And the first thing Paul says is have this belt of truth buckled around your waist. I thank God for belts. <laughs> Tony Evans says belts are what every young man needs. And he says when he doesn't see one, he wants to go buy one for the young man or buy one to use on the young man. 
And I agree with him. I have never understood that one. I can't even talk about it. The belt of truth is required attire for every soldier. You see, in the Roman world, they wore robes. But have you ever tried to run with a robe? You ever tried to do that? I, it's not good. It's kind of like me trying to walk down from the platform. It doesn't work. Yeah, you guys are having a ball with that, right? Uh, last Sunday or Saturday night, I walked down the stairs and Mindy goes, Yay, you did it! <laughs> yeah. Say it again. <laughs> it was true, though. I did it. I have nightmares about this. But you, got, you can't run with the robe down. When the battle cry happens, there's a belt that the soldier would take his robe up and tuck it in the belt. And his armor was attached to the belt. So the belt of truth holds everything together. Think about it. You knowing the truth holds everything together. Does that make sense? The belt of truth gets us ready to fight. Now, can you imagine a bunch of people, <laughs> they've got a belt of truth and they're dressed like this, but they don't want to fight, they just want to sit down? I'm like, what are you in this for? See, it goes back to the very purpose of why we're here in the first place. We are here to preach the gospel, to advance the kingdom, to help people entrapped by the darkness to come to the light. We're all in that business. That's what we're in business to do. If you don't get that, you can be swayed by any stupid thing that comes down from the headquarters of the principalities and powers of the air. We are here to do something. There are people out there that Christ has put us here to reach them, bring them the good news, and bring them in so that they can become who we are. If you don't understand that, you have missed the purpose of life. Because the purpose of life is not about making money Living a good life, being nice, I don't bother anybody, nobody bothers me. That is exactly the kind of person that Satan wants out of his church. And sometimes churches and even ministers back up from the fight because, you know, nobody likes to be unpopular. Is anybody here saying, I really like it when people hate me? You might want to get used to it because Satan's never going to love you if you follow the Lord. And there will be people that will say all types of things against you. Jesus said when they do, rejoice. Because the prophets were spoken of the same way. That's in Matthew chapter 5. So we got to get ready to fight, y'all. I really believe that a spirit of revival is coming over our church. Now our numbers aren't what they were a few months ago. And I think that we know why. And I think they're going to come back for sure. I know they are. And I know that God's going to use the ministries of our church. And I know we're going to have testimonies like we heard tonight. We're going to have more. 
And we're going to see people come. And we're going to see the Holy Spirit change people's lives. But ladies and gentlemen, he will not change your life if you don't own up to the truth. And he will not use you to change anyone else's life if you don't live by the truth. And we got to buckle up. We got to surround ourselves with the truth. We got to take our opinions and our emotions and throw them somewhere else and humble ourselves and come under the truth. Here's three things about buckling up. First, be open. Be open. If you've got opinions and emotions that are standing in the way of the truth, then you're never going to get the truth. Well, I just feel certain ways. Let me ask you something. Have you ever been deceived in your life? You don't think Satan can deceive you? He deceived everyone else on the planet except Jesus Christ. He's the only one that was never deceived by Satan. And Satan comes to you, he looks like an angel of light. He looks like God, and he looks like he's here for you, and he's going to give you good things, and he's going to give you what you want and you need. And you take the bait, and the next thing you know, you're on your way to a difficult life. So many people are like, they're closed off. You're going to ever have to have the truth. You've got to be open. The Bible says in Jeremiah that you will find God. You will find God when you seek him with your whole heart. Could you be wrong? Yeah. Anytime you say something like, well, this is how I feel. I've actually seen people... <laughs> They, they, they spend their life based on how they feel. They make dumb decisions based on how they feel. You know how many people have come before me and said, well, I feel like this is the right thing to do, and everything they're telling me is against the will of God. I said, well, I really feel it. And they even go so far to say, I just think God just made this happen. I'm like, no, it wasn't the God that you're thinking of. And you know what happens? In three months, six months, their lives are falling apart. You know, the funny thing is, then they blame me. Yeah. Watch your opinions, check your emotions, okay? Secondly, be diligent. You want the truth? <laughs> Can you handle the truth? Be diligent. What does that mean? First, gather data. Gather some data. In other words, look at things. Have you ever in your life looked at things from more than one side of it? You want the truth? You might want to do that. Observe it. How many times people told me this? Well, God gave me a brain. I'm like, yeah, you might want to use it sometime. <laughs> no, people tell me that. In this last year, I can't tell you how many people have told me that I am doing wrong and God gave me a brain and I should use my brain. So I just ask him, what does God want me to use my brain to do? Disobey his word? <laughs> Isn't that crazy? One thing I love about our homeschool co-op, there's a dozen kids. And one thing I like about it is we're teaching those kids to think. And it's sad. In our education system, 
Not all of our teachers. Don't go away from here and say, Pastor Brian said all teachers are bad. I'm not saying anything like that, but the system is bad. And we're not raising up children now to think for themselves. And some of y'all know what I'm talking about. When your kids get old enough, you send them off to some university, and it might even have Christian university on it, but they come out of there doubting everything that you tried to put in them. Because we haven't taught our kids to think for themselves. Whatever the majority is saying is the truth. That's crazy. Think on it, guys. Challenge it. You think God can handle the challenge of whether or not he's really God? Well, (laughs) two stories I can think of real quickly, and then I'm about done. First, Lee Strobel. Ever heard of him? The Case for Faith, is that the name of the movie? If you haven't watched that movie, find it. It's the story of Lee Strobel, journalist for the Chicago Tribune, atheist. And his wife became a Christian. He decided, I'm going to do the research and I'm going to disprove this. Guess what? <laughs> He's a Christian now. Josh McDowell, any, anybody ever heard of him? He's in school out in California. He's going to do his PhD uh, thesis. I'm going to prove that God doesn't exist. Hello? The book's called Evidence That Demands a Verdict. He's one of the strongest Christian believers anywhere. Because God can withstand that. Don't be lazy. Be diligent. Well, I'll just listen to whatever someone tells me. That's foolish. Remember what mom always said? If everybody jumps off the bridge, are you going to? Last one, be faithful. Believe it. And do it. Once you get the truth, believe it and do it. Don't look back. Don't look back. Ladies and gentlemen, you guys are here on a Saturday night because you guys are winners. You guys are winners. I want you to say it. I'm a winner. A little weak. Doesn't sound like winners. You ever seen a winner at the end of the Super Bowl? You know, like when the Chiefs lose? No, what do they do when they win? They're like, oh, all over the place, jumping up and down. I said, you're a winner. You're like, oh, I'm a winner. (laughs) You have won at the greatest thing that can ever be won. You're a child of God. You're going to live forever. (laughs) Amen? Let's believe the truth. Let's do the truth. Amen. Y'all receive the word tonight?